You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Welcome. Back to Legends Live, as presented by the National Basketball Retired Players Association, the home of all our NBA and WNBA legends. I'd like to remind you, you can submit your questions during the show, and we will get to those before we wrap up. Without any further ado, I'd like to welcome in today's guest. We have former Florida State Seminole, uh, where he was a Heisman uh, Trophy winner at quarterback, as well as a first-round draft pick of the New York Knicks, and he was recently named the All-Big Bend Coach of the Year. We've got Charlie Ward with us. Charlie, thank you for joining us, man. Hey, I uh, appreciate you having me on. And I heard the name Trill Withers before. Oh, yeah? where I, I don't know if that's good or bad. Where did you hear that name at? I don't know. Big time, though. What'd you say? I'm sorry? I say you big time. Oh, no. Not, not at all. You you the legend, man. We're, we're happy to have you with us here. Nah. Um, I think I may have heard you heard your name on ESPN Radio something. Oh boy! Okay, I hope it was good things. Uh, at yeah. least, yeah. <laughs> uh, first things first. How are you, man? I'd like to ask all our legends. Uh, uh, how are you? So, how, how are you doing? How are you keeping busy these days? Uh well, I am uh, still living, <laughs> so that's good. This is uh, true. I am um, currently coaching. Uh, high school boys basketball. So we're in okay. a middle session, uh, summer season right now between workouts and practices, and team camps, uh, summer leagues. Um, so that's kind of what I'm doing right now, uh, along with being a husband or a father. Our daughter mm-hmm. just graduated uh, from high school. And she's- okay, I know you pray out. I know you're, you know you're a proud father there. Say again? I just said I know you're a proud father. Oh, yes. Very much so. Uh, she just mm-hmm. actually got her diploma uh, today. So it is mm-hmm. a... <laughs> so uh, you said what, the, what, what grade are you coaching? I coach high school. I coach mainly the varsity, but I oversee all of the programs. I got you. The middle school... We have a K through 12 uh, here at Florida High, mm. and I, I oversee the middle school and the JV programs along with the varsity, um, but mainly I, I work with the varsity guys. Now, how did you get involved with that? Like, is that something you knew, you know, you wanted to go into coaching when your playing days were done, or how did that turn out? Uh, well, when I retired uh, after, after 11 years in the NBA, Mm. Uh, I was blessed to be able to have an opportunity to internship uh, while I was in with in Houston uh, okay. with the uh, Rockets. Coach uh, Van Gundy gave me an opportunity mm. to see if coaching was something I wanted to do. I wasn't quite sure if that was what I wanted to do or if I would be good at it. Uh, and then once I started thinking about all the coaches that had influence on me and the things that I learned from them, mm. um I decided to 
see if coaching was good. And um, I he allowed me to work with the younger players uh, that were that were in in the organization. And um, I was uh, grateful that you know I had some good young players that you know I was able to uh, mentor. Um, you know, coming off eleven years and being able to have an impact on them and getting them a f- solid foundation so that they could potentially have, you know, a long career and just teaching them, I mean, talking them through a lot of these different situations that they would be facing. Right. I just kind of fell in love with the process of being able to mentor and coach because someone did it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to get into a more flexible schedule. So that's the reason why I chose high school. Right. Uh, and so, um, I've been in high school coaching. I started out coaching uh, my first year at Westbury Christian. I was a uh, assistant basketball and football. Okay, um, so next, some double duty. Yeah, and then the next year they allowed they, they asked me if I wanted to be the head football coach, and so I went into coaching high coaching football at Westbury Christian there in Houston, Texas, and and I was in high school football for nine years okay and the past three years um i went over to basketball so now i'm currently coaching boys basketball now do you have a preference of which one you prefer like you prefer coaching football you miss that one or you prefer coaching basketball i prefer coaching basketball because i've been able to have more success Hmm. that's (laughs) right Football, I didn't, I didn't fare too well. There, there's a lot of wins uh, that were losses um, that I had to work through. But I just like to win um, while I'm winning. So uh, I don't like. I mean, most people like to uh, win while they're winning. Right. Uh, but you have to sometimes go through that process of win while you're losing, mm. um, and that's what I had to do as well. Mm. Now, uh, you and your wife also uh, run a foundation. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, our foundation is um, really we support uh, other um, missions. Um, mm-hmm. That's where we are today. So uh, our daughter, Hope, she has a uh, her um, – it's not a foundation, but she's under uh, the family foundation where she goes out and she does musical – uh select i mean musical um she helps in she helped encourage uh the mm. elderly okay uh, through music uh then she provides uh, opportunity for the community to be involved with her holiday notes as mainly mm. during the holidays uh where kids uh write uh notes for the elderly and uh she and some of her uh, friends will go and sing uh, she's a violist she plays the good good okay. guitar as well and so they'll go over and do uh, some uh, their serenade. Um, you know, we we went Christmas caroling in a homeless shelter uh, one one year, um, and and also you know spread good messages during that time. And so we mainly support. You know, that was one of the things we supported uh, foundation, and we also do some um, work with we hurricane relief uh, mm-hmm. effort. Um, and all the organizations that that we we uh, we we like to partner with as well as I mean, our basketball program, our school, uh, we we've supported um, uh, an opportunity to be able to 
share the wealth with uh, those uh, teams that are part of our FSU Cares uh, Classic, uh, which we donate uh, money to each and every team uh, during this during the Thanksgiving holidays and everything that we make at the gate, we give mm. to uh, FSU Cares, which is okay. a um, an arm of uh, of the school mm. to support their their mission. Now, how did that uh, come about? Like, was that something that you knew you always wanted to do? Like, even as a as an active pro, did you knew you you know you wanted to you know give back at some point? Or was that something that you learned after you retired? Or how like how did just the you know making it a focal point to give back and getting your family involved with it as well? How did that come about? Well, while we while I was playing, uh, we um, we had a uh, another foundation. It was called Award uh, Award Foundation, and what we did with that was we put on basketball camps. Okay. Uh, and we also, uh, for eleven years, we did basketball camps. Where one was for girls only, and another one was for boys only. Mm -hmm. um, and it was more of a ministry uh, for us, and uh, along with teaching basketball. So we we taught the whole child in those camps. Uh, to be able to help them uh, make navigate their way through just the the sports that they it's were day, yeah. A, yeah a part of, but uh, they also have to make decisions off the off the court as well. And so we were there to be able to help them through that process uh, from a spiritual standpoint and also mm -hmm. from a physical standpoint. And we also did uh, we also brought uh, students uh, from the community. Um, where sometimes I don't know if they do it. I'm sure they still do it in some form of fashion where each, uh, there are some players who buy, uh, seats. Uh, oh yeah. And, uh -huh. yeah. and so we did that as well to be able to, uh, support those, uh, students or organizations that wanted to attend the game. And then after the game, we would come out and speak to them. Uh, so, you know, it's just something that we've all been a part of and my family, right. my mom and dad and parents and everyone, they're all about giving. Uh, that was my dad. He's a high school coach and he gave, um, you know, to the, his, his players, uh, what they didn't have. So right. it was just ingrained in us and my, my wife, uh, she's from a very similar family, um, where they gave and helped people out. Uh, as well. And so it's just ingrained in both of us to be able to uh, make an impact in that way. Mm, definitely. I know uh, the community, uh, as well as myself and, and, and the retired players are thankful for you and your family for, for setting that example. Well, I mean, we're appreciative of uh, the opportunity that we provided. Um, you know, New York Knicks took a, took a chance on me um to be able to have a platform be able to have the resources to be able to give more and uh so we're grateful for that being a part of the nba definitely now i'd, I'd like to go back a little bit uh with all of our legends i mentioned your some of your football and basketball accolades but you also played some tennis you were drafted by into the major league baseball on two different occasions am i missing any did you play any other sports like any golf badminton and what am i missing well i mean I, at some point i played all of those uh, <laughs> i just uh enjoy sports in general hmm. so uh, a lot of those things came easy regardless if i didn't play them all the time right 
I mean, so that was a gift that God had blessed me with. And, um, and so, I mean, I enjoy sports because I just enjoy sports. That's right. something that came easy to me. Right. So how did you end up at uh, Florida State? Uh, well, where I'm from, uh, Thomasville, Georgia, is like 45 minutes, mm. 30 to 45 minutes. Way from, south of Georgia. Uh, yes, from Tallahassee. Mm. And so we grew up watching um, Florida State football and basketball uh, because the news station that was in Thomasville was in Tallahassee. And so <laughs> that was the local team. Yeah. So that was kind of like the local team. And but it came down to uh, UGA and Florida State and Coach Bowden allowed uh, Brad Johnson to play basketball. That was the you only know, really the biggest difference was, you know, Coach Bowden allowed uh, Brad to play. And that's something I wanted to do. Right. And uh, he had history on his side and I trusted him. He's a Christian man. And mm -hmm. his word was he would allow me to play if, you know, my grades were in line and all those yeah. types of things. So yeah. I had to do my part. And uh, once I did my part, he stuck to his word. You know, it was a year later after my freshman mm -hmm. year, but he did stick to his word. And I was very grateful for him giving me an opportunity to make basketball an option. Now you grew up in Georgia. Are you a Falcons fan? Because the Jaguars weren't weren't around just yet. So what? My uh, I was a uh, I wasn't really a Falcons fan, but okay. uh, my dad, uh, all we watched a lot of times were the Falcons and the Braves and the Hawks. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that's really what was on a lot in our house growing up. Um, you know, we did have you know at one point. Um, a lot of the Hawks players, Doc Rivers being one, mm -hmm. uh, came to Thomasville for a basketball camp. Uh, Hank Aaron, the late Hank Aaron, you know, came to Thomasville to sign autographs um, at our uh, local uh, YMCA. Mm -hmm. um, and Tree Rollins, mm -hmm. um, all those guys would visit, vi visit us, um, you know, when we were younger. Right. Um, and then we had uh, William Andrews, uh, who was a running back. He was from Thomasville, and he was playing with the Falcons. Okay. So, you know, we we had quite a few of the uh, legends uh, come. They're legends now. But, you know, mm -hmm. when they were playing in the NBA in Atlanta, you know, come right. to visit uh, in, in Thomasville. So they were kind of like the adopted teams in Thomasville. Well, especially gotcha. my household, I should say. Gotcha. Now, going into college, you mentioned like basketball and Coach Bowden allowed Brad Johnson to play both sports. Were those only two you considered playing? Like, did you consider playing you know, any baseball or tennis or golf or anything like that? Or you just knew you wanted to do basketball and football? Well, basketball and football were two sports that I was going to do. Um, right. They wanted me, Coach Martin wanted me to play my senior year. Uh, one game in baseball just to say that I played baseball. Okay. But, um, <laughs> but I just didn't have time to, to pull it off. Right. Um, and so it wasn't a, it wasn't a big deal uh, for me right. not to do it. But, you know, I was grateful that they thought enough of me to be able to um, want me to play 
just for one game. I mean, mm. I wasn't going to probably hit, but run the bases. <laughs> just to be out there. Yeah. Uh, Would have been, you know, intriguing. Mm. Now, uh, I, I have to ask, like, I like to ask people that, you know, play multiple sports growing up, because we see now a lot of kids and I guess the parents of the kids are like specializing. Like you'll see like a kid play only basketball, AAU, like year round or only baseball leagues year round. What do you think about that sort of like, like specialization versus, you know, playing, you know, having a baseball season, basketball, football season like that? Um, well, I mean, it was definitely different during our time. My time yeah. when I was coming up, uh, where I played every sport that I could possibly play. Um, but that was my gift. And, uh, and, you know, I could be, be okay and pretty good. And most of them, uh, even if I didn't train for them. Right. Um, but in this day and age, uh, you know, kids are playing, uh, travel ball, uh, year round, and a lot of times they don't take time to uh, play another sport because right. they are preparing only on that one. Yep, uh, during that time, and that's really the biggest difference. Uh, even though we had travel ball, it's not like it is today. Um, and I will, I, I just encourage kids to at least play two sports um, if they're right. if they're capable of doing that. Um, one, because it just gives them an outlet to not get burned out. That's one of the things right. my parents, uh, reason one of my reason why my parents held me out until my, my sixth grade year of playing organized sports, uh, because they didn't want me to get burned out, you know, right. in 11th grade or 12th grade, 11th grade and say, I don't want to play anymore. Right. And, so you had enough. Yeah. And so, that's something that is, uh, you know, is always on the back of my mind. Being a basketball coach, you know, just trying to find that healthy balance of, you know, going doing for the kids who are just playing one sport, you know, because they can be enamored, they can, you know, um, fill their schedule with all basketball stuff. Mm. But at some point, you're going to get burned out from it, and um, right. I just try not to get them to that point where they get burned out. Uh, but a lot of kids now are specializing because they're playing uh, travel ball, which mm. makes it year-round. There are some kids that are sticking to just – I mean, they're sticking to playing two sports, which I encourage. Mm. Uh, if you start getting into three sports and now you're spreading yourself really, really thin and you're not going to yeah. get good at, you know – Able to focus on one. On your two main sports or, or ha what have you. And uh, so um, – so I just encourage kids to do what's best for them because some kids may need to focus on that sport to be good, right. uh, to to be able to make a team, uh, whatever that may be. And so, uh, but I just say at some point you have to train your body. If that is the case, you have to train your body to mm -hmm. be able to be the best you can be in that sport. Uh, because a lot of times, uh, baseball, for instance, especially pitchers, they're not they're not training properly in high school, and you start to see a lot of uh, kids with arm issues, a lot of injuries, injuries, yeah, uh, because they're not training properly. Uh, they're just playing games and those types of things. But you still have to train your body uh, 
to be able to be the best that you can be so that you can prevent injury. Definitely. Now, uh, switching gears a little bit, uh, have you been keeping up with the NBA playoffs going on now? Uh, pretty much. I mean, I still okay. have some players that are in the mix. Okay. Um, coaches, coaching-wise. Who is that? I know, uh, I believe you and Monty Williams were rookies together. Is that? Yeah, Monty's right? still in the mix. Um, Sam Cassell, mm -hmm. you know, he's from Philadelphia now. Um, of course, Doc. He's with Doc in New York uh, for, a, for a hot second. Mm -hmm. uh, but, I mean, I, I just like watching games as well right. and seeing the intensity of it pick up, especially when it when it gets down to um, elimination time. Yeah. Listen, now you played some playoff series. What's the biggest difference, like, from being in it from regular season going into to, to postseason basketball? Like, Draymond Green calls it, like, are you an 82-game player? Are you, like, a 16-game player? Like, what, what what's the biggest difference there that you, you saw? Well, it really comes down to – a couple of things. One, the intensity picks up for sure. Mm. Uh, two, uh, in a series, everyone knows what you're going to do right. because they've scouted you time and time again. So you have to find ways to make adjustments. Uh, and as you see throughout this playoffs, sometimes the adjustment may be bringing a new guy off the bench mm. um, for a game or two to be able to change the energy of the, the series um, or that guy, you know, can make some shots right. when they're doubling, double teaming your, your best players. Uh, and so, you know, it's just those type of uh, adjustments that you have to make uh, during the course of a series as, you know, and when you're playing a regular season, I mean, you're playing different teams from night right. to night. Every night, yeah. You get a scouting report, and that's – I mean, you kind of know some of the basic things, but you really don't know uh, all of the things that they like to do. And, right. And, but the in small the playoff things. series, yes, in the playoff series, they know everything you're going to do. They know all your calls. Um, and so it just really comes down to who's going to execute against tougher competition. Mm. So what uh – the We'll talk about your, your your Knicks for a second. We won't keep you uh, too much longer. What do your Knicks need to do to get get back in the the mix next year? Had a very good regular season, ran into the Hawks in the postseason. So, what do they need to do going forward? Um. Well, uh, of course, the first thing is the guys is going to be there. They need to continue to improve. I think that's mm -hmm. you know a lot of times you know you can make changes, but the guys is that are that's going to be there. They need to also get better as well. You know, right. whatever that get better looks like, whether it's changing their body, whether it's being a more skilled uh, basketball player, uh, being able to make tougher shots, uh, being like Kevin Durant, where you know every time he pulls up, the shot right. look like it's going to go it's just in. back going in. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just understanding your game. So that sometimes is the big, big issue, a uh, big deal uh, in changing around a season. But, it, you know, I mean, you, you can add a couple pieces here and there uh, mm -hmm. to help, you know, get them over the top. 
But those guys that's going to have the basketball in their hands, they need to get to a point where uh, they can finish and make shots when they need shots. Um, Julius Randle, you know, ran into, you know, a playoff uh, snafu uh, Mm. at the wrong time. And so hopefully he can get to a point where he can uh, do better. Uh, in the playoffs, yeah. because during the regular season, I think he was very good. Uh, once the playoffs hit on the first series, you know, he he, he struggled a little yeah. bit. But that experience, just like all the rest of it, you know, be very good uh, for for those guys. And you know, I think uh, you know, getting, I think they have a point guard there. Mm-hmm. Um, Derrick Rose came in and did a great job for them. Uh, but they need someone that he probably could mentor. Um, you know that that's kind of like a Trey Young uh, that that they see potentially two years from now being a guy that can, you know, dominate the ball, but also get everybody mm-hmm. else involved. You think quickly uh, can be that uh, Emmanuel quickly the rookie? He can improve. I mean, he can become that, but I don't see him from this year. Being that type of guy, like that type uh, of ball dominator, yeah, dominant guy. Gotcha. Um, but someone like Derrick Rose, uh, a younger version of him, um, mm. would be helpful. And then a big guy who I, I think they're happy with. Um, what's the kid who broke his foot? Oh, um, Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson. Mm-hmm. I think they're 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 excited about his potential. Yeah, he's just got to get healthy. Yeah, but he has to be healthy and also, you know, get to a point where uh, he continues to improve and work as well. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he could be a Clint Capella, mm-hmm. uh, uh, probably a little bit a little bit more skilled than Clint Capella, but you know, with his with his jumping ability, his lob ability, great uh, shot blocker, shot blocker. Uh, and someone they can throw the ball to in the post as well would definitely be a big help. And I think Julius Randle could be that guy. A.J. Mm-hmm. Barrett could be that guy, being a bigger guard. Um, but being able to have someone that when you need a bucket, they just go get you a bucket. Yeah. So I think right. that comes down to that. Yeah. yeah. That's where they need to improve. Um, and if they can't, if they can't get their own shot, then they need to be able to create a shot for someone else yeah so tonight we've got uh bucks nets play tonight so we've got we just saw as you mentioned kevin durant had a 49 point i think 16 rebounds 10 assists great game the other day to go up three two how do you see that game six playing out tonight they're going back to milwaukee i believe for game six well i'll just say i, I do believe this game is this this series going to go seven games hmm um, I just think they're both evenly matched. Um, even if uh, Kyrie Irving was there, um, I do believe they're both evenly matched. Um, and the home team, I think, has won every every game mm-hmm. um, so far. And, and so I don't see that changing. Um, my man, uh, what's my man name? Uh, the one is Kevin, is Kevin Durant. Uh P.J. Tucker. Oh, yeah, yeah. P.J. Tucker, um, I just think, you know, at home is different. Right. Um, you know, they, Why is that? 
as a former player, like what what is it about being home versus on the road in the playoffs? Um, I mean, the crowd gives you a, a little bit more energy. Spurts mm-hmm. happen. Uh, you get more calls, or you get like they've been really, really physical at home. Right, they let and them play. Yeah, that's on, on the road. You normally get calls, and guys are living at the line. Um, and so, you know, I that was the only difference I thought in in Game Five was I knew Kevin Durant was going to shoot more free throws because right. uh, when he was in Milwaukee, uh, they weren't really calling very nah, much. They were, they, were, they were letting him play. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, I just think that's just the difference. Um, mm. But game seven will be very similar to all the games. And it, the key is now that um, James Harden is back, um, I think the Bucks tonight will do more in putting him in pick and rolls and trying to get mm-hmm. him switches because every time he got into a switch, most of the times guys were going by him. Right. Yeah. He, he didn't look completely healthy. Well, he's not completely healthy. I mean, yeah. He has a hamstring injury, and he he was jogging up and down the floor. Um, and you can tell. I mean, guys with a hamstring. And he wasn't going fast offensively, so he was looking to pass more. Mm-hmm. So you, th- this, this is what a series is about. Like he came back, helped them win, but tonight you'll probably see them do a little bit more to make him uh, more of a driver than yeah. uh, out there dribbling, dribbling, dribbling to even shoot, but to put more pressure on him to move faster than he wants to to move, and then offensively. Uh, defensively, they'll probably put him in more situations where he has to guard, where the ball moves, moves to his guy, and that guy drives. Right. Um, and so it'd be interesting to see how they attack him tonight. Hmm. Now for the uh, other side, because we've got two more good series, we'll get a couple predictions from you uh, before we let you go. Hawks just went up 3-2 to two on the 76ers. A uh, bit of a surprise there. 76ers are the one seed. And Joel Embiid has played. So what what do you how do you think the rest of that series plays out? Well, the 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 biggest thing in that series is the last two games, Philly's been up big in mm-hmm. both of those games. And I I'm curious to see how they're gonna respond, you know with that there's a reason why they've been up in the games i don't you know how they played that way most times when the games are close that's something totally different but when and up big in both games and they've come back you know credit atlanta they put together when you're down you have to make shots you have to get stops and and those types of things and they've been doing that and so Mm. A guy like Lou Williams can definitely shoot you back in a game when you're down. Um, Trey Young is another guy that can, you know, get get a shot or make a shot mm-hmm. when they need it. And then, you know, they had some. They have some other guys that stepped up and made made big shots down the stretch. Uh, Gallinari last night with the step mm-hmm. back in the post, and then John Collins Collins in game. I think it was four. Mm-hmm. Um, or one of the whichever game, uh, four, yeah, four or five, yeah, yeah. He hit some big shots mm-hmm. uh, when they needed it, 
um, you know, down the stretch. And so I, I think Philly, I'm sure they're watching a lot of film to see what went wrong. Uh, but Philly's been in the game, uh, been winning the game and in the games late, but they just hadn't been able to find the momentum late to st get stops when Atlanta's rolling. So I see this going six as I'm mean, going seven as well, um, because I just, for whatever reason, I, I think Philly, they found a way to get up in games, but they just can't, <laughs> can't close it out. So you think winning? You think Philly wins in seven at home? I, I think they do. Um, mm -hmm. I, I may be wrong, but then again, you know Atlanta's riding the momentum. They playing at home; it's going to be really loud there. Mm -hmm. um, and Philly's going to have to dig deep. But this is really when the playoffs start. I mean, people, yeah. we, and, until someone faces elimination, that's when you start seeing everyone grinding. Um, and every loose ball is, is somebody's diving on the floor. Every mm -hmm. possession seems like it counts. Uh, you know, when teams get spurts called, I mean, they, they call timeouts anyway, but mm -hmm. you know, you just start to see, uh, a different mindset when teams are facing elimination. Mm. And, uh, for the Clippers jazz, we just saw now Kawhi Leonard seeming like he's going to be out for that series. But Clippers were able to go up three two. What uh, what do you think happens over in the Western Conference? Um, it'll be interesting. I, I think the Clippers, if there if there's no Kawhi, um, and they did win last night on the road, which was uh, a good a win, major, yeah. Um, I could see them winning in six. Okay. Um, I think Mike. The, the the biggest uh, issue or biggest thing that set Utah back was the Mike Conley issue. I mean, uh, yeah, injury. definitely. Uh, if he was in the, if he was playing, uh, I think this would be a seven game series, uh, mm -hmm. just like all the rest of them. Um, but without him playing, it give it. I mean, it, it puts a lot of onus on uh, Donovan Mitchell to be the point guard, the shooting guard. Right. He's, he's got to do a whole lot. Which he's been doing. Um, but if you just had another guy to be able to allow Donovan to be just the, the score and not always the facilitator, um, and then another guy that can stretch the floor and make plays for himself off a pick-and-roll game, uh, that definitely adds into the, the scouting report to be able to help the jazz, but without him playing, um, it definitely hurt, hurts them. Yeah. Um, considerably. Definitely. Yeah. Got, uh, one question from, uh, uh, <laughs> our resident Knicks fan, Julio backstage. He says, would the Knicks have won the series, uh, versus Miami with Charlie Ewing and Larry Johnson playing? Uh oh, uh, we still have you. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. You said, uh, would the Knicks have won the series versus Miami with Charlie Ewing and Larry Johnson playing, says Julio? Uh, well, we won three out of four series. The time that we didn't win and we were mm. up uh, was the time I had the incident with uh, P.J. Brown. And that's uh. when we all got suspended. Uh, so now 
another the question probably another question was what we would have won the championship or at least had a chance to win the uh, the finals mm -hmm. if Larry or Patrick was healthy playing against uh, San Antonio. Mm -hmm. Now was, was it ninety nine? That was ninety nine. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now that would have been uh, those two guys would have definitely had uh, been a difference maker in our our series and so yeah. not having them definitely hurt us mm -hmm. uh you know with our big man depth depth and we had to deal with tim duncan and uh <laughs> david robinson david robinson yeah that that didn't help either uh -huh. yeah so that was uh you know that those two injuries did help us now something that people have been talking about on this twitter and all these different things is mm you know, how injuries have played a big part. They, they say this year, mm. but it these injuries happen every year. I just mentioned yeah. two guys off of our team in the finals that definitely would have helped. They were injured. Um, but every year there's always something in that realm where a team's best player or a team's player gets injured. Hmm. And the other team either takes advantage of it, um, and they go on to win, you know, a a, a, a title. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, whether it was a shortened season or a long season, these injuries, you know, are happening, you know, all the time, um, and every year. And every year, teams are taking advantage of it to move on to the next round. So, um, I just. I mean, now we're dealing with Kawhi Leonard being out. Uh, and But as they say, the games don't stop because somebody's not there. Um, and, you know, that's the reason why, that's the reason why you have to build your team accordingly uh, mm -hmm. so that you can, you know, be prepared for that, for that moment. Definitely. Well, uh, we've got one last question for you uh, before we let you go. Something that we we ask all our legends. Uh, getting together part two of our playlist. So we're trying to get a, a song or two from every legend. So what's something that you're listening to either could be on the way to practice, on the way home from practice, at the house, out and about? What uh, what are you listening to? Could be old school, new school, whatever's in your speakers. What are you listening to? Uh, well, I guess one of my favorites would be uh, Andy Minio, uh, okay. Lecrae. They have a song okay. called "Coming in Hot." Okay. Okay. Give me, give, give us one more. We'll throw, we'll throw a couple on there for you. What else are you listening to? Uh, I mean, there's quite a few. I'm just trying to. <laughs> I was like, it could be anything. Oh, R&B. I don't know. Okay, we'll, th we'll put we'll put the uh, Lecrae on there for you. We're in the Lecrae, uh, in the Minio. In the Minio. Um, Tadashi, which means, yeah, oh. I know he has a song called uh, Get Out of the Way. Hmm. So... He's another guy. Okay. We will get those uh 
those added for you. Uh, Charlie Ward, thank you so much for, for taking a few minutes with us this afternoon. Well, I appreciate it, Trill, and uh, appreciate you having me on. Of course, man. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. That'll do it for this week's Legends Live. As you know, we've got new episodes live every Thursday on the NBA Alumni Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch page. I'd like to remind viewers you can watch replays of any episode at legendsofbasketball.com slash legends live and catch the audio replay uh, by searching for legends live wherever you get your podcast. I'd like to give a big thank you to Charlie Ward for joining us this afternoon, to Julio, Aaron, and Bridget behind the scenes. I'd like to thank you for watching, and we will see you next Thursday.